Hey, 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 and welcome back to the VHS Club. We are back on our regular scheduled day and time. <laughs> we are here in the middle of our Shakespeare adaptation run series, mini series. I don't know what we're calling it. Last week, we talked all about 10 Things I Hate About You, and today we are talking about O, which is really hard to look up online. You have to put like quotations around it and put movie after it because... Because the letter O. Just Try typing it into the IMDb <laughs> database. Like, if you type it into the website Internet Movie Database, IMDb, it doesn't even come up. Like, you have to pick one up. of the actors and then go and click on it. Because it's there. But if you put O, you get you don't get it. <laughs> Hilariously, there was a lot of... Not to just dive right in, but hey, let's just dive right in. There yeah, was, let's dive in. There was, a, there was a lot of... I don't know if no, you want to call it controversy, but there was a lot of discussion about what to call mm -hmm. this movie. They didn't want to call it Othello. Uh, which is what play this movie is based on. But um, but so they wanted like kind of a modern take on it. Um, so they, they kind of went back and forth. They thought about calling it Odin, which is the name of the character, the main character in this um, movie yes. adaptation. But that felt weird to them. So they settled on O, but there, it, there was a lot of debate as whether or mm -hmm. not that would make sense. Probably in some ways because it is like short and a letter and probably hard for people to find and to, <laughs> to talk about. So, I mean, well, I'm sure that in 2001, they were not thinking like, hey, Katie and Nat will have a really hard time searching this on Google. But, I but, don't think they, yeah, Google uh, didn't exist then. So they didn't yeah, think anybody yeah, no, was looking were, it up on Google. <laughs> they weren't thinking about that, but there was a lot of debate about it. So, um, but I yeah, do so, love talking yeah, about, oh, in this movie from beginning to end and they always hearken back to it throughout the whole movie is the symbolism of O of the circle uh, mm. from the beginning of the movie they there's a spiral staircase that goes up to a, a circle or an O-shaped window at the on the ceiling yeah it's a basketball hoop they said it was like basketball, the o of a basketball hoop. hoop yeah which there's an iconic scene of McKee Pfeiffer holding up the broken basketball hoop over his head um which we'll get to and then it there's anyways they go back to it the mezzanine in front of the school is an o it it comes up a lot and it's usually every time that there's going to be like another tipping point yeah which i love well um, official welcome if you're brand new you're hanging out here at the vhs club i'm katie this is Nat, and we are talking all about movies from the 90s, early 2000s, and some from the late 80s, but basically movies that you may have already seen before, but we're reviewing them anyway. <laughs> Tonight we're talking about <laughs> O, which is a movie adaptation of the Shakespeare mm -hmm. play Othello. So if you haven't seen O, it's fantastic. And if you haven't read it Othello, is. it's a really great way to get into Shakespeare. And Julia Stiles, who was <sighs> in 10 Things I Hate About You, is also yes. in this one. And she's in a 2000 version of Hamlet, which we'll review next week. So we're on a mini Julia Stiles kick, which seems to be the, the theme of this show. We find yeah. like a movie and a favorite actor within that movie. And we end up doing Latch a on. number of movie <laughs> reviews with that actor. So here we are in Julia Stiles week, weeks, months, Yes, <laughs> this, uh, this run of it. But um, <clears throat> in true VHS Club fashion... Nat will go through the entire movie because I did not get around to rewatching it this week. So I'm going to live vicariously through it. But I know pretty well. So I feel like I'm... Feel like I'm we have place. seen it maybe a few times. Also, Othello is one of our <laughs> favorite plays. And both Katie and I studied Shakespeare um, at, at university. So True. I was saying before, I'm like, between us, we have so many degrees like allocated <laughs> to this 
topic Welcome to Shakespeare talk with Professor yes. Katie and Natalie. <laughs> we are joined by our favorite moderator, Paul, hanging out in the live chat. If you are listening right now, uh, either on the replay or you're out on your favorite podcast app, you can always catch us 9 p.m. Eastern on Thursday nights on YouTube if you want to be part of our live studio audience. It's a lot of fun just to chat and hang out with other people, and it gives you the opportunity to make some suggestions, and we feature your comments if yes. you say something clever. So, Paul, you know, we're leaving it to you to say all the clever things tonight. <laughs> Let us know if you watched this one and what you thought. We'd love to hear it. Um, but yeah, all right, let's di- let's dive in, Nat. Let's take us through this, okay. what this movie is about and what the storyline is like. So first, I'm going to start with the cast. Mm, Our cast. 90s, early aughts, Josh Hartnett. Mackie Pfeiffer mm-hmm. or Pfeiffer, I can I don't remember. I think it's Mackay. I think it's like Mackay. It's Mackay or Mackie Mackay. Yeah. Yeah, Pfeiffer. we're gonna butcher it. We're sorry. We love you. You are fantastic <clears throat> I in this. Adore movie. him. Literally, if we I don't see his name, name in something, if I see his name in something, I'm watching it. Yeah, guaranteed. He's one of those actors yeah. that I'm like, I adore him. Also, yeah, he but was we like can't say huge nineties heartthrob. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> I'm blaming the brain fog. So it's true. It's true. We have Martin Sheen, who plays um, uh, Josh Hartnett's Josh dad in it. Um, we have Julia Stiles. We have River Phoenix, which is Joaquin Phoenix's sister. No, not um, River. Um, not River. Uh, uh, summer. Summer. Mm-hmm. No, no, not Summer. Rain. It's rain. There's rain. there's a whole like a lot of them. They clan have of them. There is. Yeah. <laughs> um, she also, I think, was in, or one of the Phoenix sisters was in Josh Hartnett's um, pencil stabbing through the eye uh, that we are, the faculty. <laughs> Sorry. faculty. I was like, pencil stabbing through the eye. Whoa. Uh. <laughs> that, like, we just talked about this. Um, we also have, again, Andrew Keegan. Yeah, Andrew um, Keegan back again. Everyone's favorite. Yeah. 90s heartthrob mm-hmm. and um, former cult leader, as we discussed Bold last move week. for both him and Julia Stiles, because this, this, my friends, not a comedy. This super dark. No, <laughs> super this, is, dark this is a tragedy, mm-hmm. not even a drama. Yeah. And then we also have um, Eldon Henson, who mm-hmm. played the best friend in She's All That. Yeah. So, yeah, we're doing a lot of throwbacks. Yeah. So if you haven't yeah, uh, this watched is all any that, of those that other group. movies, it's that you'll group. Have to- Go back to those reviews and take a look, but uh, but yeah, it's it's funny how many uh, how many actors overlap in the time span of their. I mean, I guess it doesn't. Really it was make, the it, it makes sense. It was the it crowd, right? The it like, crowd from this generation. Yeah, Halden was the the geek, and she had Hartnett as the heartthrob, and Keegan as the heart. Yeah. Or Hartnett was not really the heartthrob in movies. He was cast as the weirdo. I know, but he was weird. the heartthrob in real life. Yeah, <laughs> again, the so in in writing the notes for this, I did I put if there were teen movie Oscars, Hartnett would have walked away with everything in this. Oh yeah, hard role because not a likable character. So his character no. is uh, is based on Iago. They call him Hugo yes, in this. Hugo movie. in the movie. Um, but yeah, he's like, technically I mean, he's the main filled, character. He's technically, but he's like filled with like anger. And revenge, and he's like a really he's a dark sociopath. Sociopath, but like <laughs> he's you literally kind of, sociopath. <laughs> you sort of also feel for him a little. Go with me here a little bit. No. Like he's he causes all of the like downfall of all of these characters. Yeah. It, it, like as Nat said, he really is the main character in this. But it's yeah. really spawned from like just being completely his misunderstanding yeah and like just he misunderstands everybody around him sort of okay so let's dive into the movie let's we open the scene hugo voiceover doves this beautiful symbolism of white of innocence of this group and of flight and freedom Mm -hmm. and he's talking about jealousy and how he knows he shouldn't be jealous and it's irrational for him to be jealous but he is so it already sets up, he's overly rational. He doesn't understand emotions. We open the scene into a basketball game. <laughs> so this movie um, is, so from the original play, Othello is a man that marries this woman Desdemona and they come home to visit her father in his kingdom. Yeah. Othello is an extremely wealthy man <clears throat> from a foreign land. Yeah. And um, 
but the way they set it up in this movie is it's at a private sort of Ivy League-ish like uh, boarding school yep. where like all of these super rich kids are. And then there's uh, Odin, which is the Othello character, mm-hmm. who is the star basketball player. Yep. And he is brought in on a full scholarship to play basketball and he gets the privilege of being part of this Ivy League school. Yeah. He is mentioned to be the only black student in the whole school. Yeah. He's very um, other. He is not yeah. of their world at all. Like both both in race and in finances yes. and in everything. But he's insanely talented and yes. like I mean, he's rich in talent, whereas the character in, in the play is rich. <laughs> and he was like either a lord or a prince from his his mother country. But in this, Odin is rich in talent. And Hugo, who wants to be the star, isn't. Mm-hmm. And he wants to be at least Odin's, you know, best friend, his his go-to guy on the basketball court. Yeah. And he isn't. It's Mike. Yeah. which is Mike is Michael Cassio in the play mm-hmm. played by Andrew Keegan. Yeah. So it shows, uh, we set up the scene where the coach, which is Hugo's father is telling the team, get your head in the game. We've got this. We're all going to win. Hugo pay attention, you know, and Odin, you're the best and just do your thing. And Mike, you go out there and Hugo hang back. And it, so we see right away that Hugo is speaking of jealousy. He is ignored. He's not, is he doesn't feel valued. Shushed. Yeah. He's, has, he seems to have no value. Mm-hmm. Um, then we see, we're introduced to Desdemona, uh, Desdemona <laughs> is the name of the character in the play, or Desi, Desi. in the movie, and her best friend, <laughs> Emily. Yeah. Um, and uh, Desi is dating Odin, and he's only been at the school for a couple of months. And, but, you know, he's the most popular guy in school. He's a star of the basketball team. He's dating the prettiest girl in school who happens to be the Dean's daughter. And um, Hugo is dating her best friend and roommate, Emily, Mm -hmm. who is not as pretty and not as popular, (laughs) but she's kind of the hanger on her. And, but it's his in, it's his in to know what's going on with the in crowd because he now that odin is at the school he's no longer the golden boy um mike is desi's best friend next Mm -hmm. to emily and uh they seem to have known each other for many years and is also now odin's best friend Mm -hmm. um hugo like the, so what he does is he wants to knock everybody off their game. He wants to sort of shift the power dynamic around so that he becomes the pop more important. It's not so much popularity that he's after, but it's importance. He yeah. wants to be the one that everybody looks to. Yeah, exactly. So what he does is with his roommate, uh, Roger, who is in love with Desi, he's like, Hey, I heard they're going to break up from my girlfriend a.k.a. Emily, the roommate. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, you have a shot. And he convinces him to do these little things that, well, not really little. He calls in an anonymous tip to the dean that Odin is abusing the daughter, Desi, Mm -hmm. which is his girlfriend. So we have this huge explosive scene um, where first it's set up, we see Hugo sort of, whispering this to Roger like no this is okay you can do it you can do it like and it's really I love that it's actually presented as a whisper like it's yeah. not it's gossip, he's not outwardly yeah. convincing him he's yeah. he's not Planting saying oh this is a fact yep. yeah little seeds doubt mm-hmm. so then we have this explosive scene where Odin is brought into the coach's office the dean is there and then they bring in Desi and Odin is being accused of basically date raping her and she's like absolutely not and you can see there's suspicion cast and it's very easily cast because because odin is black and desi is white and you could see that these they're already parents, in this, like interracial authority figures yeah exactly yeah. that people are judging and that yep so the movie's using race as does the play to really show this yeah, yeah divisiveness um 
so then it kind of gets blown over because Desi's like, absolutely not. I've been dating him for four months and, you know, we're very happy together and anything else is not your business. Yeah. Then we see Hugo keeps chipping away at this. Um, there's a basketball game where Odin gets hurt. He hits his head. He goes to the hospital and he sees Mike comforting Desi by giving her a hug. Now, we already know that they're longtime friends. They're considered she considers him one of her best friends. Yeah. And Hugo sort of mutters under his breath. It's like, oh, he's more affectionate with her than I am with my girlfriend. <laughs> Which you could see his girlfriend is hurt. And she does confine into Desi later. Like, oh, I wish he was more romantic. And Desi, she says right away, she's like, I don't really like Hugo. And she's like, well, why not? Everybody loves Hugo. And she's like, yeah, that's the problem. She's like, I don't like the fact that not a single person ever has anything bad to say. It just rubs me the bad vibes you know like yeah. rubs me yeah. the wrong way something wrong with this guy yeah yeah so then it continues he he starts planting this seed so already he's planted this seed in front of you know the whole team that's in the waiting room waiting for odin to get out of the hospital that you know oh like this seems this their relationship seems inappropriate then we jump to an after party odin is fine everybody's super happy and then he goads Roger into confronting Mike, saying, you know, leave Desi alone. Is it any of Roger's business? Of course not. But Hugo has manipulated him into thinking he's going to be Desi's next girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he might be a little bit of a bitch in this. So yeah. oh, whatever, so, yeah, Roger. It works out. It works out. Yeah. <laughs> Very easily manipulated. <laughs> so then there's this huge fight and... As the fight progresses, finally Hugo and Odin jump in to help Mike out, but already damage done, and Mike is the culprit of the whole thing for beating Roger up. So then they all get hauled into the office, and essentially Mike gets benched. So there's a big game coming up, and you know Mike is so upset, and Hugo's, you know what? I will talk to Odin, but I think it'll, you know, like he doesn't have as much weight, like really you should talk to Desi and she could talk to her father, who's the Dean. And he can basically say, put Mike back on the team. So while we're playing, you go cozy up in the stands next to Desi, you know, like spend a lot of time with her really, you know, convince her that her dad. (laughs) Yeah, of course, obviously, but you know, high school kids, uh, not a lot of frontal lobe development yet. So he does. (laughs) And actually this one scene, and this is where I was like, what Josh Hartnett can do with one look. So Mike is listening in. They're they're in a timeout and the whole team is huddled and the coach is coaching and and Mike is there and Hugo just looks up at him and he's like, go, you should go. And he doesn't say anything but with that one look. And then of course Mike runs off to Desi. And he's in the stand, his arms around her. He's it's incredible. So then things start to devolve even more. So Mike is now off the team. Hugo is now in his place. So Hugo's getting, it's, you know, it's getting better. It's becoming a Hugo show. (laughs) Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. But then there's another bump. Like Desi's kind of in the way now. And so he starts planting this seed that he's already set up that, hey, maybe Mike and Desi are cheating on you, Odin. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, there's no way. Absolutely no way. And there's this really sweet scene where he comes to visit her. He sneaks into the girl's dorm to see her and he brings her his grandmother's scarf. Mm -hmm. And it's over a hundred years old, this beautiful silk scarf, which I love because that's exactly the same uh, evidence that they have in the play as well. It's also a silk scarf. So, and I have to say this movie really does stick to... It's the much, play. yeah. So if you're if you're have you, if you've been keeping up with us and you've been watching you know various Shakespeare adaptations of the original plays, last week when we were talking about Ten Things I Hate About You, that's like fairly far off, right? So it's like really trying to be much more modern. It still has some of yeah. the dialogue. It certainly is still the same characters, but they're you know largely renamed. It's set in a modern setting. And then uh, when we discuss in a couple of weeks, um, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, that one is like updated in appearance but has (laughs) but right like it has you know guns instead of uh swords and you know it it is very kind of it's modern but it has all of the original 
dialogue from the from yeah. Romeo and Juliet. Whereas I feel like this one kind of falls a little bit in between, right? Because it's got it has some of the dialogue from the play. It certainly follows the story yeah. almost to a T and has a it's lot plot of point nods for plot to it. point. Yeah, it is. exactly. Yeah. And they basically have just taken it down into the into the world of teenagers and have also they've you know, modernized it modernized into you know it, high school versus nice, basketball. <laughs> it's a nice in between, and it would have been very very difficult yeah. to do because you um it's a, you know it, it's a pretty it's an intense play and it is very absolutely intense. a tragedy it's you know it's horrific and from start to finish so it it does play with a lot of themes that probably certainly at the time and maybe even now would have gone well beyond what a teen movie would have been about so i think it was really brave of them to take this on I yeah did it really well yeah so so at this point now um odin is questioning mike yeah. Mike is benched. Mike is being pushed out, um, and Hugo really leans into this. And he never outrightly at this point says to Odin, "Oh, for sure they're cheating." He's like, yeah. "Oh, he just hints and suggests." It seems yeah. it seems strange that they spend so much time together. Don't you think? I wonder what that's about. And he just yeah. and this is the power of Hugo or Iago. Yeah, is suggestion planting seeds. He never outright does anything that gets people hurt which is brilliant. It's it's that whole like epitome of a villain yeah. who isn't actually doing anything but manipulating everybody around him to do things for him. Mm-hmm. Um which is my fascination with Iago. Love the yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> so so as this basically progresses, it gets to the tipping point where Odin totally spirals out. He he gets benched He's supposed to have, there's supposed to be some sort of like open house, like talent scout thing where he's supposed to, you know, like, um, they're supposed to just run like drills and stuff like that. And he totally spirals. He ends up uh, connecting with a drug dealer to give him a bit of an upper so he could get his head in the game, which Mm -hmm. like high schoolers taking drugs for anything is terrible. People, people taking drugs for anything is terrible. It It's not going to help you out. And it doesn't. And he spirals. He gets, you know, I guess that stereotypical uh, roid rage, like steroid rage. Um, and he absolutely loses it. He's doing this dunking competition. He dunks the ball, but he does it so hard. And it's actually so unbelievable. He shatters the glass of the backboard. Yeah. Um, and there's this scene where the crowd is going wild and they're like, this is our star player, but he can't let go of this doubt that Hugo has planted in him completely. And then he takes out his aggression on the poor ball boy that comes to take the ball from him Mm -hmm. and ends up shooting the ball through the broken backboard picks up the big o from the the basketball hoop holding it over his head and people are now booing him and he doesn't even notice he's just full blind with rage yeah so then we see um iago uh sorry hugo is with him later they're in his dorm and he's like you know what like let's figure this out i don't know what's going on as far as i know it's only like hearsay but I'll invite Mike over and let's see what he says. You can hide out on the balcony Mm. and I'll talk to Mike and we'll see what's happening. Mike is talking about some girl that, that likes him. Um, Not his girlfriend, Brandy, Mm -hmm. who is Bianca in the play, but somebody else. Cause then when Brandy comes to knock on the door, he's like, Oh God, this stupid girl. So the whole time that Mike is talking about this girl that wants to hook up with him and has crazy sex with him and follows him around everywhere. Odin believes that he's talking about Desi. Desi. So now everything is fully broken. Mm -hmm. And we have this beautiful scene where um, the shot is panning up this spiral staircase and spinning. So it's like, I mean, it's a very physical (laughs) control and it's spinning up towards this O window and it's, you hear the guys are, you know, plotting revenge. But again, Hugo is just like, well, what do you want to do? And then finally he gets pushed into the point where Odin is like, I'm going to kill them. I want to kill them both. They both need to be dead. 
and I, I know, remember just kind of like this escalated quickly like he just goes yeah I'm, I remember watching it the first time I'm like okay I know Hugo takes that very seriously he's yeah. like he takes it literally but I'm like but was he like you know when you're especially when you're a teenager you're like oh my god I want that person dead yeah <laughs> I mean, did he take it literal and Odin maybe not meant it literal? But then Hugo puts a whole plan. He gets Roger, his little lackey. They're gonna they're gonna distract Mike. Like they're gonna basically carjack him and like shoot him, make it look like a suicide. His girlfriend Emily has stolen the scarf, which that was a whole thing. Like Odin's like, where's the scarf, Desi? And they have this huge fight about it, and she can't find it. And she's like, I'll just find it later. And she keeps brushing it off. But it's super important to him. Yeah. Uh, and so basically now they come up with this whole plot. Odin is going to go and kill Desi before the game. And Hugo is going to stop on the road with Mike to see a broken down car, which will be Roger, who's going to shoot Mike and make it look like a suicide and they'll plant the scarf on him. Mm-hmm. when they stopped for the pulled over car um roger being like the the loser the unfit yeah. guy screws it up because obviously the varsity athlete is like you know goes into fight mode takes his kid on gets the gun off of him tosses the gun away so then Hugo panics because none of this is going the right way. And Roger basically calls Hugo out like, this was all your plan and it's going wrong. And Hugo smashes um, Mike over the head with a tire iron. Roger picks up the gun and shoots him, but doesn't shoot him in the right place to make it look like a suicide. Hugo is spiraling out now because he's losing control. His hubris literally made him think that he could this, he could do this ridiculous this. plan. Yeah would work of course it didn't so then he ends up shooting uh roger because now roger's a problem because yeah. roger's now lost it he's like i can't believe i did this i can't do this i'm gonna i'm gonna go to jail my father will never forgive me and then brandy pulls up and hugo's like okay good i'll i'll get her on my side and he's like oh my god roger shot mike and she's like nope you did gets in the car and pieces out back to the door <laughs> the only sane character in this movie she's just like see right us. yeah <laughs> she's like oh my god there's no way you did this so then he chases her back to the dorm where odin confronts desi and then kills her um, yeah and it, like just a horrible scene from start to finish like yeah. Because, like, he's still on this, like... Well, he totally, loves her. He's totally outside he of himself, though. He up the relationship. Yeah. yeah. He's, I like... did leave one scene out um, where he and Desi go to a hotel mm-hmm. to have their first night together, and it's their first time together. But Hugo had planted in his head, he's like, oh, you know, white girls in an interracial relationship they actually just really want it rough and he starts planting all these horrible racist stereotypes in his head so then when they have the romantic moment it actually becomes date rape because it's incredibly violent yeah it's horrifying and i can't believe that i like god love julia styles i don't know how she i don't know how either of them acted it out to be honest yeah. it was it was horrifying hard to watch. painful to watch yeah. very yep. because you know they love each other so much and that is very well set up through the movie as well like yep. how genuinely they love each other so yeah so he knows that after like he feels in the moment where he's killing her even though he loves her he knows he can't come back from anything that happened yeah, which like isn't true but you have this fatalistic like i blew up my whole life and this is the only thing i can do um very sad and so emily comes back she finds him with the body hugo gets there brandy's running into the dorm screaming hugo killed everybody (laughs) um hugo now has this gun and emily's and basically we're at the point where Hugo's like, I can still spin this. Yeah. He could get, you know, like he get out of it. Yeah. Like Brandy's hysterical and female and, and Odin obviously killed Desi's cause he did. So, 
So I didn't do anything wrong as far as anybody knows. Nobody saw me do anything wrong. So I can still get out of this. Yeah. And and then Emily won't shut up about the scarf. She's like, no, I stole the scarf for you because you asked me to. And you gave it to Mike. And that's how Mike had it and gave it to Brandy. And that's how. Yeah. So it's like the whole his whole plot devolves and he shoots her. Um, as in the play, exactly the same thing happens. His wife finally finds the courage to be like, wait a second. No, I'm ratting All you out. Done. Yeah, exactly. And then he stabs her. Um, that's one thing in the movie I wish. I wish they had kept it to stabbings instead of yeah. shootings. Although much more violent, but well, maybe it, not. Maybe not much more violent. I, I'm like, well, it is an American high school. Isn't that kind of a thing that happens almost every day? Yeah. I, I don't get it. It's... Uh... Anyways, um, I get it. And like they do show in the movie, guns are very accessible. Um, the movie really made it a commentary on race and privilege and like white and, privilege. Yeah. And, and accessibility for and, people with money. Yeah. Yeah. Multiracial. Like, uh, divisiveness is the word I was like. Divisiveness. Yeah. And the movie really brilliantly not just followed the play, but put it into our modern society where like all of these things are very omnipresent, like that we deal with all the time and we witness all the time. So yeah. anyways, finally Hugo gets arrested because they're like, well, because at the very least yeah. <laughs> you shot Emily and yeah. several people saw that. Some rando called Jason, don't know where he came from, but his name <laughs> came up at the end of the movie. Way to go, Jason, we see you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it does say in the play that uh, Hugo was only tried for his wife's murder because it's the only one that was witnessed. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So, I mean, and that's how it ends. And the thing is, in in my opinion, Hugo, when he's being arrested, he's not upset at all. He, he's calm, rational. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a sociopath. We know this. We see this. But um, but he he's proud because he did it. Like even yeah. though it, like even though he's arrested and he's going to be tried for murder, he he is now the center of attention and he eliminated all of his competition. Yeah, he did everything he set out to do. Yep, he did. He won. Yeah, with words. <laughs> with words. With words, y'all. He was real serious yeah. with those words. Yeah, words as a weapon. Yeah. I mean, so that's that's the play. And now there are a lot of themes to touch on. Like we've mentioned mm -hmm. race. Um, and in it, so at the end, also Odin is like, don't tell, like, tell them my story. And he's just ranting now out loud. He's like, tell them my story. I, I didn't do this because I'm from the projects. I didn't do this because I'm from a lower income family. I didn't do this because my mom was a crack whore. None of that's true. He's like, I did this because of this white prick right in front of me is like this white prep school bullshit in front of me is why this happened and it's yeah. true yeah yep well i mean all in all a very depressing movie but uh, but yes. i think a really poignant movie and it and yes. one thing we should mention even though it's horrible to mention and to <sighs> deal with it there's there were very few we usually call this segment fun facts there were no fun there's facts no, about this no movie facts. there are no fun facts about this movie it's just a sad I, movie but one just of the, to start off though we didn't know what day it was today until yeah. 30 seconds before starting to film so yeah continue. so today is uh thursday april 20th 2023 um and it was this day exactly 20 something odd years ago where um the Col columbine school shooting happened which actually was one of the main reasons why this movie was not released as planned. So um, the school shooting, that particular school shooting happened in 1999, April 20th, 1999. The movie was filmed um, in 99. The movie was filmed and was yeah. planned to be released in, in 99. It did not get, it got shelved and actually um, got picked up by a different studio years, two years mm -hmm. later. So it didn't actually get released until 2001. So it is mm -hmm. interesting to kind of talk a little bit about as, as horrific as that is. And it's just like, you know, I just, I terrible. I mean, both Natalie and I remember this moment vividly as we've remembered, you mm -hmm. know, all hundreds of shoot, school shootings since, unfortunately. Oh, God, yes. It, um, I think it, it does make this, this film very different. I mean, it, it would have, 
it would have released in a different world prior to that school shooting or had that shooting never happened. Um, you know, yeah. I think certainly on the other side of it, it is interesting. I, um, we, and I will drop this into the show notes following this episode, but, um, but Ebert did actually rate this film pretty well. I believe it was 3.5 out of four, um, stars. So For those like, who don't remember Ebert was very, like <laughs> the famous, Yes. A movie critic. A Whatever he said basically yeah. went. Like so everybody the, <laughs> It was fairly like critically well reviewed, not necessarily critically yeah. acclaimed, but but certainly well reviewed and got uh, you know a lot of um positive feedback when it was released. But it did not I would say perform well as far as you know box office numbers go or you know overall visibility. And I, I do wonder how much of that was just you know, bad timing, unfortunately, like came down to people. It was, did not have the appetite to be able to watch something that was this divisive and this depressing and, you know, and this like, you know, a reflection of basically what was happening at the the time time. that knew too, like we, I don't remember hearing about school shootings. I mean, again, I'm Canadian. So, but when Columbine happened, it affected every high school. Yeah. everywhere (laughs) like we got evacuated immediately when it hit the news like the whole school um a lot of schools were evacuated and sent home like it was the we had the bomb squad come in and check the school like the SWAT team was there like everything and then following that like every time some kid said boo or I hate someone the cops came in the bomb squad came in everybody went like it was it was a pandemic it was a pandemic at the time. Yeah, it, it, it became is. this insane thing. It, well, yeah. of course, it still is. But this was the first time we heard about it on a global scale. And uh, unfortunately, it seems to have popularized okay. since then. Um, but I think when the people who made this movie, and it takes a long time to write a movie, to adapt a screenplay, yeah. to to get the funding, to and get again, the producers to based on a play that is hundreds of years old too, as well. So I mean, there's centuries of that, yeah. So whether Shakespeare or not... wrote it in 1601 to 1603, they're not quite sure what what year he yeah, wrote it, so... but so <laughs> but they these themes, you know, were... they didn't see that this was happening. Adapting it to have guns, like it, yeah. it, it, I don't, I honestly don't think anybody making this movie was like, oh well, this is commonplace. Let's do it like that. You know, like, yeah. I think it was. It was shelved and like canned essentially for a reason because it was so shocking that they made this movie that hit so close to home. Um, which they is, didn't know what to do with it. Which is interesting, and we'll get to it later. And I don't, I don't actually have the the information in front of me, but um, actually, we probably could pull it up really quickly. But I, I would be curious to see when Romeo and Juliet was released because that one, you know, is not. I mean, I feel like everyone knows the story of Romeo and Juliet. 1996. Okay, uh, there you go. So this, so Romeo and Juliet certainly has a lot of gunplay in it in the, in Baz Luhrmann's adaptation of it. Um, But again, that would have been before Columbine. Pre-Columbine. Yeah. So it it is interesting to see like, and again, that one, I mean, so is the play. So not like that one is made into like a, you know, a teen movie versus like a very adult play. That one was certainly, mm. you know, about teenagers, but, um, but yeah, I, yeah, it is. I think that they did a really, <laughs> I think that they did a really nice job of it. I think, and we were talking a little bit about this and I don't want to get too, too into the weeds here on it, but, um, but there are a lot of really fantastic articles talking about, um, you know, kind of race and otherness in this play and in this yeah. film adaptation. And I think, I think that they, they did a really nice job of, of modernizing it. I mean, you know, there's a lot of kind of yeah. at Shakespeare's time, you know, otherness would not have been, you know, black versus white. It would have been, you know, a really different type of otherness. From a different country. From a different country, right? So I think somebody with a different accent. Yeah, <laughs> like otherness so, was very broad back then. Very, like, very broad back then. Um and I think I think that they did a really nice job of of really making it feel very approachable for a modern audience but still making people think and making it feel very raw and very gritty and painful to watch i think that is hard to do and do well in um in the world of film so i i would give them all the credit for it it's 
you know, it, it like, yeah. it's unfortunately we're, you know, in a time now looking back at this movie, I, you know, I would love to say that in the past 20 something years, you know, a lot, a lot has changed and we're in a better space. We are not, you know, and I think we're in a, in a space now where it is every bit as painful and difficult to watch as it would mm-hmm. have been back then. Um, yeah. as it, you know, as it probably would have been watching it, watching it performed, um, in the Shakespeare, in the world of Shakespeare. So I, it's sad that we haven't gotten past that, but it is good that we're still pushing this kind of content out. I think it's important for people to see. I want to point out two of my favorite adaptations of Othello, also nineties movies, both. (laughs) Um, the first one, it was the Royal Shakespeare company Mm -hmm. in 1990. They filmed a stage adaptation of Othello. Uh, starring Ian McKellen as Iago. We should we should just like now, watch that, that is one the most and make chilling... TikTok videos about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I now that is that is Iago, and I mean Josh Hartnett really like was comparable to that yeah. performance. I I feel. I mean, again, he's a teenager playing a teenager in a teen setting, so it's it's different. Um, yeah. You know what, Josh Hartman, you should redo it. Let's let's do Othello. Let's get the whole cast back. I know. Adults doing it. <laughs> you don't see Josh Hartman in guys. a lot anymore, or at least I no. I can't think of anything that he said right now. But I would say that throughout his the the time where he was doing a lot of God, film, he he always felt a little old timey, like an old soul. Like he yeah. he you know he definitely did a number of films where he was playing. Um, characters that were much much more sophisticated and yeah uh, yeah like even i, I he mean, added a little bit of film noir as well but he he yeah. very he feels to me he always has felt to me like he belonged in those kind of film noir era movies where, oh yeah like that's sort of where he i think belonged that <laughs> was before that sort of that sort of quality to him is why <laughs> Um, Frank Miller, who did uh, the graphic novels uh, in the film adaptation of um, what were those? Oh, Elijah gosh. Wood plays that absolutely Sin horrifically City? terrifying character. Yes, Sin City. Yeah, Sin City yeah. <laughs> like I love instead of that famous, <laughs> that famous Jessica Alba Bruce Willis scene. I'm like, yeah, like Katie, you know what I'm talking about, Elijah Wood. <laughs> like that's our that's our vibe. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. Yeah. So Sin City was actually. What what Frank Miller, the creator, did was he filmed this quick little scene with Josh Hartnett. It was like a a, a short film, yeah. um, with Josh Hartnett playing like a PI, you know, and 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 that's how he got funding, and that's how Sin City came to be. Was Josh Hartnett playing that character in this black and white graphic yeah. novel type? Anyways, it was fantastic. And I think Josh Hartnett was also in um, Black Dahlia, right? Yes, the remake yeah, of the Black another, Dahlia. Yeah, that was another one that he did. Originally called Blue Dahlia. Dahlia. Oh, right. The original yeah. movie was called Blue Dahlia based on the Black Dahlia, Dahlia murder. Basically. Yes. Yeah, yeah in um, this which was fantastic. True crime. I feel like they should redo that one. That would be another. Right? That'd be a I mean, great movie. that's a good one. But again, anyway. they need to yeah. learn the transatlantic accent. They do. They do. There's they a new do. transatlantic show on Netflix that I have not yet seen. I saw that. I haven't. Yeah. I saw oh, the headline. I didn't yeah. see it. But um, let's see what. Oh yes, and the other. The so 1996, there was oh, yes. um, an Othello starring Lawrence Fishburne. Of, oh as Othello and he does not look anything like you think of in the matrix. <laughs> you're like you you if you saw the picturing. two pictures, yeah. two headshots from one from each movie side by side you'd be like not the same person. Like, nah. That is also he is an amazing <laughs> Othello. Amazing actor, yeah. Um I want to mention a fun fact. The mm-hmm. first black actor to play Othello was in 1825 Ooh. and the actor's name was Ira Aldridge. Oh, nice. Yeah, on um, the stage. One would assume st- stage. There was no film at the <laughs> time. There was no film at the time. She asked the, the question before film. really thinking through the answer. Fair <laughs> enough. Yes. So you're not too far off because I think the first film was in 1899, and it was oh, okay. actually just a shot. It was more of a journalistic thing. Sure. Um, I think it was some British movie maker made a black and white of the ned kelly gang in australia because they had created this body armor suit anyways if if you don't know the ned (laughs) kelly gang there's a great movie with orlando bloom um and i I believe he's 
Heath yeah, Ledger I was as well. Say, there's a throwback to last week as well. <laughs> and yeah. um, also, just look up the Ned Kelly gang. Like they were like kind of the Robin Hood of gang of uh, yeah Australia. Anyways, they're very very cool. Very interesting history. Yeah. But um, oh, yes, man. so the we first black actor. Episode, not with our background. Okay, there we go. <laughs> This is our VHS cover for our listeners. It's um, <laughs> McKeefe for when he's holding up the, well, he's in it, it's o. just the O, but he was actually, it's from the scene where he's holding up the broken basketball hoop. I know, which would have been a better cover, weirdly enough. Speaking well, of- this, I find this cover makes it look a little more Shakespeare-y. And- it does. Instead of more like basketball high school movie, it's true. So it gives it a little seriousness, I think. But okay, that's fair enough. I will say yeah. I am kind of impressed. So when I when we first started to do this podcast, I was like, "All right, we're doing a video podcast, so I'm gonna have the like VHS box next to us while we talk." Yeah. So for those listening, if you're like, "What the heck?" We have the VHS. Normally, this episode I failed. Not normally, not we have the VHS <laughs> box next to us. Um, and I've managed to find a VHS box for every single one we've done so yeah. far. Even so, this one is early two thousands, and we've done one other one. I think that was yeah. Oh, maybe not. Maybe the other ones have just been late nineties. But um, but yeah. So yeah, you have yet yeah. to. We I guess it means we're on we're on track. So when I when we find a movie that's too far into the two thousands that we don't have a VHS box, we can't do that one. I think <laughs> if we hit like off. the two thousand five, two thousand six yeah. mark, it's all DVD. There's I definitely know, no more yeah. Then we won't be able to review those ones. Sorry, everyone. Listening. No, we'll have to have a different show at that point. Except for um, <laughs> except for maybe she's the man. We're gonna review that oh, one. Oh yeah, so we do. Amanda so- Bynes, Channing Tatum, Shakespeare, love yeah. it. Yeah. So if you're playing along with us, I think that. So next week we will do uh, Hamlet the two, for, that was filmed in 2000. There are tons of movie versions of Hamlet. We'll do the one that includes Julia Stiles that, that was filmed in 2000. Um, and then we will do Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet because we have to do that one. It's iconic. iconic. Um, and then the following week Ugh. we are going to do She's All That. Uh, she's the man. She's, <laughs> she's man. It starts with she's and I'm like, she's all that. Um, she's the man. She's the man. We've already done. She's, she's all that. She's the man. That's which uh, is early Channing Tatum, guys. Early Channing Tatum. It's a little late for us, but we'll make an exception of it because I do think it's a really great Shakespeare it was adaptation to include. I mean, and then we okay, will wrap our. It was fun. We'll wrap our Shakespeare um, adaptation at that point, um, and then we yeah. can go from there. Maybe. I, will, I, I told Katie mine. earlier, she's like, should we do these ones and then wrap it up? I was like, you know, we could just do this Shakespeare. We'll just ride this out. Like, <laughs> we'll I can do this forever. <laughs> we'll rename the podcast Shakespeare Adaptations. Uh, the VHS Club reviews Our sh- buddy nothing Shakespeare. but Shakespeare Adaptations. <laughs> Um, no, but I, yeah. so I, um, we didn't discuss our potato reviews before we jumped into Oh, we one. didn't. Well, I think you know my opinion about I this. I know. You know what? I, like, I promise you, listeners and viewers, that one of these days we will, we will review a movie that has, like, two or three or one or no potatoes, but so far Wait till I on... make Katie watch, uh, Waterworld. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think We're gonna get Katie's really husband and I... <laughs> Katie's husband and I am pretty sure are the only two people on the planet, other than Kevin Costner, that liked Waterworld. So that that will average out to about one potato. Yes. I love that movie. <laughs> yes, people love it or hate it. So there you go. I also, you know, like Dane loves Gattaca. I have mixed feelings about Gattaca, but maybe it's because I've seen it so many times. Um, so yeah. without without further ado, this one, five potatoes. I, I mean, again. I just think it, you know, if I was going to give it less, I would give it less almost entirely based on the fact that it just, it suffered from just being released at a really at the bad wrong time. time. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I really do think that it was brilliantly done and they really did hold very true to the original play without, without, like with enough modern nods and a really brilliant cast like this. This would not yeah. have been an easy play to take on and do a modern adaptation of. Like there, there are not that many past yeah. this date that I can think of. Maybe it's just not not trendy anymore to do Shakespeare plays as, as a movie adaptations. I don't but, know. Um, but yeah, I I can't think of. I, I actually one of the things I noted. Well. One of the things I noted in this is like I I missed this sort of era of mm. like seamless multicultural like or multiracial casting like yeah i mean yes othello was specifically 
one of the only black characters to grace the screen and that was specific because of this yeah that play was that it was adapting story. yeah exactly but and like these movies that had like interracial couples and like it was edgy then to do that and it was the thing to do but i'm like i miss how they made it fairly seamless in the time yeah. like if you look at the movie like there's there's a decent representation and and the soundtrack was fantastic and i kind of missed that <laughs> did you miss the good soundtrack? like now it's always like we're making a point when we like you know cast somebody of a certain whatever to be like i feel like nowadays people are checking off boxes and i yeah like that's not how the real world is <laughs> like, yeah. the real world we all exist here we are all here together <laughs> but Oh, gosh. Well, I, I want to shout out uh, thank you to Aggie, who was hanging out in our yeah. studio audience. We have Paul. We have Kimberly, who was always hanging out here. Thank you so much. It means the world to us for you, for you to be yes. hanging out in our what we affectionately call our live studio audience. If you want to be part of our live studio audience, you can always catch us on YouTube. Um, we are The VHS Club. So you just look up The VHS Club or YouTube.com slash at symbol, the VHS club will get you here. You can email us the VHS club pod at gmail.com. If you want to send in any movie suggestions, we're working on a pretty long list. We're really geeky, but we're happy to fit something in. If you're like, wait a second, you've got to cover this one. Um, and if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have, you know, different viewpoints come on. I think once we get kind of out of this mini series on Shakespeare, um, we'll, you know, we'll take on some some fun guests. I know we have uh, Mel, who I want to bring on to talk about Clueless and We'll bring Dana, which is going to be our Jane Austen spiral, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we hit Jane... Clueless, expect yeah. all that Austen because oh, Clueless yeah. again is an adaptation it's from true. classic literature. It's true. I, I think that they just keep doing adaptations. I really feel like that's the, that's the same spot. They've is this our niche? Did we find a niche? <laughs> exactly. We found a niche. We found a niche. Um, um I want to. I have a fun fact about yes. the podcast. So one of our one of our. I have a fun fact, but it, it's about the real life of the podcast. Okay. Um, we, one of our diehard listeners, Joanne, she mm -hmm. wanted to watch 10 Things I Hate About You before listening to the podcast. Of course. And <laughs> she, she doesn't have it on DVD or VHS or, mm -hmm. so she was like, I'll try and find it online. Like she goes to Amazon Prime, which I, I want everybody to know Amazon Prime in Canada is not, not the same. Yeah. The same. Oh, it is can we send her the dvd i'll garbage. have the dvd i have i have the dvd i'm oh, okay. going to bring it i'm going to see her this weekend and i will <laughs> Joanne, bring it we to have her. got you covered you need you, to see this do you know how much it is no oh, no to download on amazon prime to download the digital copy uh in I mean, amazon prime .ca. anywhere between eight dollars and fifteen dollars is what the American 70. price would be Seventy dollars with an with a zero seven zero seven zero dollars. Oh, no, that shouldn't be a thing. We'll send. The, we'll She's send like, the why there. can't I find this movie anywhere to just buy? Because, and I was like, I have it. I will bring it to you. Because I, you live in seventy dollars. I know there's like five of us up here, but whatever. <laughs> Big landmass, not a lot all, of people. <laughs> they should be all fans of <laughs> this movie, so this is disappointing. Amazon just really like. Come on, you Amazon. put that little dildo rocket in space, but you can't give us fair pricing. <laughs> Today, today's thoughts on future space travel <laughs> brought to you by Natalie. <laughs> dildo oh, rocket, never getting over that. It is. It is yeah. So, fun fact: some of these movies you cannot find. So, if you don't remember it, you're just gonna have to rely on yeah us. on this show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will say the only one. I mean, granted, in the states it's a little bit easier, but the and I, yeah, I own I think every single streaming service one way or the other. Uh, but the only one I've had an issue finding was Pump Up the Volume, and I know that Tom said the same thing when he was trying to find it. We we both had to watch it in like clips on YouTube. You it, like there was like. 25 yeah. clips that made up the entire movie if you watch them back to back so someone just made like a youtube playlist that comprised the movie and it's crazy to me because i would have 100 percent paid for it and i'm sure i actually have it on dvd but my dvds are all boxed up since we just moved yeah. a few months back um so yeah it'll be maybe i'll do when i finally get around to actually building some shelves to put out my dvds i'll do an unboxing and I can unbox my <laughs> retro DVD collection, DVD and VHS collection. It'll be a yes, fun, uh, fun thing to follow us on Instagram, which final plug of the show. If you're not following us on Instagram, 
please do. We would, we would just love that. We are uh, the VHS Club pod on Instagram. There is another the VHS Club, which you should also follow. They are pretty cool. They seem cool. They seem yeah. cool. Um, and they're just sharing like fun VHS stuff. But yeah, and let us know what you want to see there. We're happy to share kind of behind the scenes or any fun facts or um, all kinds of stuff in between. I think that'll be <laughs> Paul's laughing with us. I think that will be a fun space as we as we build that and develop it. So open to any yeah. ideas anyone has. There yeah, is also, was... um, I did grab the Twitter handle, the VHS Club, uh, which I randomly post just thoughts while watching something. It might be a movie or TV show. Nice. And it's usually like, a, why is that happening? <laughs> so it's, it's not something I do that. consistently, but <laughs> I grab the handle just to have it. And then occasionally if I'm watching something and I see something that's absurd or funny, I will, I will post it. But it's not going to be a strong follow, guys. There you go. There you go. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> if you want to hang out with that, uh, you can yeah. hang out on Twitter. My Twitter has been a, a ghost area since like, I don't know, about eight-ish years ago when I just gave up. I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm not good at tweeting. I'm just not, I think not going to be here anymore. My last VHS tweet was... I had started... I tried to watch um, Daisy Jones and the Six, which is supposed to be... Oh, yeah. I'm going to say it loosely based on Fleetwood Mac that has feelings yeah because they made it all Stevie's fault and I just couldn't stomach watching the rest of it I'm like what do you mean it's Stevie's fault I haven't started that because you were literally everybody in the band (laughs) has taken turns kicking Lindsay Buckingham out of the band and the show tries to blame it on Stevie I and I'm well, just we're going like, to go on record to say that that is our first zero potatoes. Don't watch that show. That is a no potatoes. It doesn't <laughs> no even get a potato. doesn't even get a potato eye. Like, no, I'm sorry. No, no potatoes. <laughs> Christian like, Tater does not like that show. Sorry if you like that show. And I feel bad. I love the, the actors in it. They did so good. They they sing all their stuff. Um, the songs actually just didn't catch. Like, they... I, unfortunately, whoever wrote the songs just couldn't get that magic that Fleetwood Mac has. Um, yeah. Anyways, it was. I like the idea of it, but it just let me down. Really, I just need a, a witchy show about Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Being this fabulous white witch, just manifesting everything and yeah, being I would amazing. Watch that. <laughs> yeah i would watch that if you're gonna fictionalize stevie nicks do that yeah do it properly <laughs> it owes paul says that show owes us potatoes it i'm does. with you paul that show does owe yeah. us potatoes and it's yeah. crazy the cast is talented it's just i yeah talented yeah. cast i've but... been watching the new um since we're on totally we have three more minutes <laughs> left before we're done so we can just hang out here but um I've been watching the new Rob Lowe show, Unstable. I think it's called Unstable. And oh, my been, brother put that in our um, yeah. Netflix been, queue. I haven't watched it yet. I've been really enjoying that one. And uh, and because Dane and I are, are old and ridiculous about everything, it took us a very long time to realize that the show actually stars Rob Lowe's son because I don't watch any news or exist in the normal world. And so for the longest time, we were both like, this guy is really strange looking. He like kind of looks like Rob Lowe, but like not. And like sort of looks like maybe he might be like a Ken doll, but like not. <laughs> and we, and He's then we, 50% Rob Lowe. Yeah. And then we finally caved and looked him up and we're like, oh, it's Rob Lowe's actual Literally. son. And he yeah. he actually wrote a, or has written a lot of the show. It's really fun. It's, it's my new like half an hour end of the night. In fact, probably... When we hang up, that will be what I watch before going to bed. <laughs> That's like my end of the night. Good job. You did it. TV show. I need like a half an hour of, of ridiculousness. And then I, I love that bed. you have like a half hour sitcom. And I'm like, I'm just going to watch a wee cozy murder mystery before well, I go to bed. I, I do a lot of that, but not yeah. with Dane. <laughs> so, so I, I, I have to admit, I was reading a book and I was like, I'll just read like, half a chapter and go to bed and then it was like three in the morning so i really screwed up last night yeah. <laughs> so tonight i'm probably just gonna go to bed after this podcast. good call good call well we did it we did it you all we made it for a full hour even though this movie was hard to watch but in like yeah. all of the best possible ways so if yes. you're looking for a movie that gives you all of the feels and makes you think and challenges you this is the one it is called oh it was released in 2001 it stars an all-star cast and we gave it really good ratings so 
give it a check yeah. out. Um, if you want something a little lighter, then go back to last week and watch 10 Things I Hate About You. Or um, if you're looking for um, something it's maybe a little bit in between. Join us next week. We're going to talk about Hamlet, which is definitely still a tragedy. But in some ways, I think that that next week's version of that, the 2000 release with Julia Stiles, is a little easier to watch than, than Othello. But we'll talk about yes. We'll talk about that next week. It's it uh, has less. It's not about it, a sociopath, so, yeah. so that helps. There is something very very no dark. mass murderer. <laughs> yeah, there's something very dark and deep about hugo slash iago in that yes. there's something about like the concept and i'm sure this exists every day here in the real world but there's something with the concept that someone can talk you into doing really horrible things that you would never think yourself capable of and there are and many people in jail for so it scary yeah i think that's what makes him charles manson vibes charles manson vibes with this one yeah charles manson vibes um, yep. But yes, on that, on that note, thank you so much for joining us. Sleep tight, Club. guys. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this movie, Five Potatoes, join us next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. We are here on YouTube if you want to join us live, 9 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays. If you can't, no worries. You can catch the replay. We answer all comments and questions. We answer all emails. And you can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts by friday so hopefully you will listen and let us know what you think leave us a review and send us all your movie suggestions <laughs> i forgot to mention guys you have to check out the show notes because there's this tv show called in the 80s called the kids of fame based on the movie fame and there's this one episode in season one where they put on othello and they do a song called desdemona katie will link it in the show notes it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Best that's thing a, ever. That's a nugget. I have it in my head at least once a week. <laughs> that's a nugget for just you all. I will drop that in tomorrow when I release the episode and hopefully you enjoy it as much as we do. And from us here to all of you, we'll see you next week.